have all you guys here. If you're catching us on the live stream, we'll give everybody a minute. I'm obviously not my dad. Surprise! <laughs> um, my dad, I'm, in all seriousness, my dad uh, was asked to teach and preach at the Irondale campus of Life of Faith. Um, Pastor Mark is in Sri Lanka on a ministry uh, trip that he'll be gone for 12 days. He left the day after Thanksgiving. And so we are all, as a team, working together to uh, make sure everything is covered at both places. Um, and so we always release uh, my dad and them to go when they need to, and it's cool to see everything can keep going. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I think everybody does, but if you're watching and you don't know who I am, you haven't seen my face, my name is Audra Kennedy. I'm Brad and Selena's daughter. I'm a missionary in Kenya. I'm home on furlough, working on my visa, fundraising, visiting family, all the fun things at Christmas. Um, I was asked to, I was already slotted to teach today. Um, I was going to be sharing a little bit about my mission, but we, we decided to move that into January. So there will be an announcement date where I'll have a whole day. I'll wear my Kenyan garb. I'll have all my pictures out. But we just decided to wait. <laughs> and since we were all being very flexible to, um, to just continue on in Philippians. But uh, thank you guys so much for being here. It's good to see everybody. Um, I don't look at the camera a lot, so I'm not ignoring you. I just like real people. Um, and I look at the people I'm with. So I'll try to look over here every once in a while. Um, everybody, remember too, the Westers are watching today. A live stream. Y'all, we'll pray for uh, Lila. She has pink eye. So they just kept everybody at home. And we'll be praying that's fast. I remember being a kid. Anybody here ever had pink eye? Or the, oh, it's horrible. It's just no fun. We're speaking against it in the name of Jesus. It's just no fun. And when you're a toddler, you don't understand. <laughs> All the things. So um, we're going to be in the book of Philippians today in chapter 2. So let's just take a minute, okay, and pray and uh, recenter ourselves. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for um, just moving in our midst, moving in our church, all of the growth and the fresh wind and just everything you're doing. We are we're truly, truly we just honor you, Father, and we are just so grateful that you are working with us and that we get to work with you. Um, thank you for this time together. Please open our eyes and our hearts to the truth of your word today. Um, let us consider each other in every way um, as we're here. In Jesus' name, amen. How's everybody doing? Are we okay? Okay. I'm just checking. We're all quiet a bunch today. <laughs> Maybe it's all the turkey we ate. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, yeah, we are still flipping through Philippians. And uh, because my dad's not here, I'll say, I'll, my dad and I were talking about the title of the series, and I'm the one who gave him that and gave him permission to steal it. <laughs> um, but we're going to look at, we're going to skip over some parts of chapter 1. We will come back to chapter 1. Uh, over time, but uh, I was asked to begin in Philippians chapter 2. So usually what I do when I teach, for those of you who are, have never sat under uh, me teaching before, I usually read and talk. <laughs> so I stop and go. I will always try to give you a notice if I'm going somewhere else, but um, I find it's better to read through a passage over time and just 
take a break, talk about it. As always, you can always ask questions. Nothing has changed. Um, you can smile and have fun. Uh, I always tell everybody, even in Kenya, you know, if you'll answer my questions and play my game, we'll all have a better time. Um, you can always talk. You're not going to bother me. Your kids are not going to bother me. All the things. So, yeah, amen. <laughs> so just feel free. Um, there is no test at the end. We're just looking at the scripture together and considering what it has to say. So, all right, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any incentive of love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. We're going to stop there. That's a lot. So Paul is talking about, all in Philippians, um, the two major themes, uh, as you've been reading through, see if you find them. Um, he uses the word joy 14 times in Philippians. Joy or rejoice. If you find another one, let me know. I just was counting in my Bible and that's what it said. The other big word he talks about is the gospel. He talks a lot about the gospel. What do we do with the gospel? What does the gospel mean for us? And those are the two big themes of Philippians. He's encouraging them to remain true to the gospel that was preached to them. The importance of the gospel. How the gospel is spread even through adversity. And he's talking about joy. Joy in what? Joy in each other. Joy in being Workers of the gospel together. We're in Philippians chapter 2, Miss Lynette. Um, and that's what he's talking about. And so even if you back up a little bit in chapter 1, let's just go back. Because I want to give us, maybe I should have given us a little bit of runway. So let's go back to Philippians chapter 1. And we're going to start in verse 27. And I'm going to read until the end of chapter 1 into chapter 2. And see that flow. It says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you stand firm, listen to this, in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear omen to them of their destruction. Who? Those who are your opponents. Seeing you in one mind. Seeing you in one spirit. Seeing you side by side for the faith of the gospel. It, you're not being mean to people. It didn't say be mean. It didn't say put nasty Facebook comments. It didn't say nothing about that. It said you just stand side by side and contend. Be of one mind. Let your life and your conduct be worthy of the gospel. And this is an omen. It's a sign to them of their, dest their destruction, but of your salvation. You know, there is something about, um, I don't like guilt as a motivator. If you ever know me, guilt and fear are horrible motivators. Mm -hmm. Anybody ever go to a judgment house when you were young? And have that hell scared out of you. <laughs> Come on now. I did. 
I did. I was terrified. I cried. I went to hell and cried. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to go. Where do I go? <laughs> it's horrible. You know what? But it wasn't a true commitment to Christ. It wasn't a true call to the gospel. I was just scared. Yeah. Guilt is a horrible. Why don't you come to church? You should live better. You should quit your drinking. You should. You know what? If you really love God, you wouldn't smoke that. You wouldn't do. Well, that's. Yeah, they shouldn't do all those things. People shouldn't do the horrible things they do. And people do horrible things. I'm not here to argue about sin. But what I'm saying is that's a horrible motivator to change. That's right. The goodness and love of God. The declaration of a gospel that is powerful, that is evident. That makes somebody go, hey. Something ain't right here. Something's wrong. Amen. That's conviction. Conviction is not bad. It's, and let me just pop your boat. It's not judgment. I'm so sick of hearing about judgment. You're judging me. You're judging the. Well, you know, judgment is, hey, that chair looks really unsafe to sit in. I bet if I sat in, I'm going to fall and bust my butt. That's a judgment. I'm not being mean to the chair. <laughs> I'm looking at it going, something ain't right? Uh-huh. You're not mean. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. So it's talking about, yeah, it's an omen to their destruction. Hey, something's not right. But of your salvation, being able to be in unity, standing side by side, declaring the gospel, how does it put it? Side by side, striving for the faith of the gospel. You know, faith, we've been talking about this. I, I do listen even in Kenya to the messages. You know, it's your positive response to what God did independent of you. So we're striving for the faith of the gospel. What, for you to be able to make the choice you need to make and positively respond. That's what I'm striving for. Yes. I'm not striving because I need you to put on a nice tie and come to church every Sunday. Who cares? Come or don't. Who cares? I mean, I'm glad you're here. But if you, if, you, if you don't really love God, why are you at... You have no reason to be at church. We need to set some people free. Your faith is actually meant to be observed outside of this place and lead people to Christ. And then guess what? Suddenly they have a reason to be at church. Because they actually love God. Amen. I hope I'm making sense. So, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in Him... But also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict which you saw and now here to be mine. Now listen to this. We're going to keep flowing. We'll come back to that. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any incentive of love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. And he's talking about... This whole time, and if you, as we continue reading through chapter 1, I think my dad, I'm saving that for my dad because I know the end of Philippians 1 is one of my favorite, dad, my dad's favorite things to teach on. And so that's why I went to chapter 2. But if you continue reading it, it talks a lot about Paul is in prison. Remember, this letter was written in prison. And it says, you know, it actually worked out. He says, it worked out for me to be here. Because people are seeing my faith. And then he's saying to the church, though, you remember, stand side by side, fight, join me. Because this is a church he started. He's writing a church that he began. He is their father in the faith. You know, in Kenya, I got to help plant a church. 
And somebody called me their spiritual mother. And I, at first I was like, whoa, that's a little too, whoa, okay. But when you realize what they're saying is, no, like, we're with you. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we heard the gospel. You're the reason we're, we're willing to show up and sacrifice and, and give and do and, because you shared the gospel with us. It's actually an honor. And so what he's saying is, hey, be like, listen, you're going to suffer just like me and be in the same conflict. You're going to have people who oppose you. Stand anyway. Amen. It's, and what, how does he put it? You get to suffer for his sake. I'm not talking about signing up and let me, okay, let's just talk a minute. I'm not talking about going and posting the most offensive, why, who cares about what you think? I'm just going to be abrasive on social media or whatever people do now and call it the, the declaration of the gospel. That is stupid. That's a great way to lose all of your friends. If you're looking for a way to get rid of your friends, do that. <laughs> you won't have any. You're just a jerk. Sorry. But what I'm talking about is, no, if you're standing and, and you are sharing your faith, you're living out your faith at your job and you're being persecuted, your boss is saying, because you're a Christian, I'm going to schedule you every Sunday. Because you're doing this, I'm going to fire you. Mm-hmm. Because that's persecution. Yeah. I'm going to burn your house. Like, you know, there are people in Kenya that are Muslims. I'll burn your house to the ground. That's persecution. Yeah. We, we're... Somebody not liking you on Facebook is nothing. And I'm sorry. I know I could talk about it, but most people live their life on social media and think it's their real life, so you have to talk about it that way. (laughs) So, but what I'm saying is, you get to suffer for his sake. Don't run away from conflict. Don't drop your faith because somebody's mean to you. Amen. That's something that's real. No, you have an opportunity to live out your faith in a way where you're declaring the gospel and standing up for truth. Not your opinion, but truth. That's another big deal. Ask yourself, is this my personal opinion or is this the gospel? Amen. Okay. So you get to stand and when something happens, you get to suffer for his sake. We don't run away from hard times. I'm not saying we go sign up for them. I'm not going to be first in line to sign up for suffering. But when we stand and face things, how many of you in life have faced something? Yes. You've had family that hadn't talked to you. You've been in a situation where it's caused a conflict. Who you are as a child of God has caused you conflict. Okay, then you stand. Take it. People are going to say horrible things. You know what? Let them. Are they important to you? Are they going to be at your funeral? Are they going to help carry your casket? Are they that important? If they are, if they aren't. People are going to say mean things about you. They're going to... And I'm sorry, we, we can be stronger <laughs> than the problems we face. Once again, not signing up for it. I want us all to be nice, friendly people that other people want to be around. <laughs> That's a whole... You know... I feel like the problem most of us has, most people in the world today is, I wonder now if people know how to be friends. I really am concerned. Do we know how to be friendly anymore? Do you know how to just be a nice human being? 
is it going away? Is that like old style jeans or something? We're gonna mom jeans are gonna you know well I, I can't say mom jeans anymore. Used to you could say you can buy your mom jeans at the thrift store. You'll find them one day again. But now people wear mom jeans, and that really is another frightening subject for another day. <laughs> so, so then it says so. The same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be mine. For it has been granted to you for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but suffer for him, engaged in the same conflict. Meaning, Paul, what, how did Paul get involved in the conflict? He was actually going on and sharing the gospel. That's another thing. I was thinking about it the other day. I have, I'm, in a, I'm in a very interesting place in my life where I'm realizing that most Christians don't even know how to share the gospel. If I went around the room and said, all right, Miss Courtney, stand up and give me a five-minute... You don't have to do this. Let me pick on you a little bit. Five-minute presentation of the gospel. Most people will go, uh... (laughs) We have to help people. Do you know how to share your faith? The conflict Paul was engaged in is he was going into neighborhoods where people didn't know the gospel. He was actually opening his mouth... And sharing it. I love being a good person and being a follower of God and letting my light shine and you don't have to say anything. All the things you hear, that's beautiful. We should do that too. You know, once again, my, I want to make a shirt that says don't be a jerk. Like, life tip number one. <laughs> don't be a jerk and see how that goes for you. Um, but there comes a point. No matter, you could be the nicest lady, you could help little old ladies across the street, you could just, you could mow people's lawns, you, you know, you can check their mail on their own vacation, all the things people do that are nice. You could take people casseroles when somebody passes away, that's beautiful. At some point in your friendship with someone, some point with your family, you have to sit down like I'm doing right now, you have to open your mouth and you have to say, this is who Jesus is, this is what he did for you. Amen. And share the gospel. That's what Paul was doing. And he was starting churches and he ran into problems and conflict. And he's saying, I know you're suffering the same thing I am. That you're actually going out and reaching out and you're facing this. Don't back down. And then we go into chapter 2. So if there is any encouragement in Christ. Another translation says if there's any encouragement from, from being in Christ. From your relationship with Christ. If there's any incentive of love, any participation in the Spirit, complete my joy by having the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. It is possible to be in unity with people. Yes, it is. It's possible. Um, If there's any encouragement from your relationship, what's that mean? Have you received anything? Are there any... Part of you that you've benefited from knowing Christ. Any incentive of love, what does that mean? What, the love of God. Any incentive of the love God has put into you that is not just for you but for others. Um, any affection and sympathy. Do you love? Do you, like we've been reading in, in the first chapter about I long for you. How affectionately I long for you. Do you have any of that with anybody? Do you, do, can you sympathize with people? And, and, and like show up in their life and care about them when things are hard, when things are good in both ways. Complete my joy 
You know, Paul, at, at the end, just I'll read Philippians 4.1. We don't have to turn there. It says, Therefore, my brethren, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. He's saying, complete my joy. You know, he's like, you know what would make me really happy? Is what he's saying. What would complete my joy about you is if I hear you're of one mind. Everything is about unity. You, you know, um, you can have the same mind, you can have the same love, you can be going in one direction. Um, and I want to just, I want to help us. That doesn't mean we all have to become robots. Um, lose our personalities. You don't have to check your personality at the door when you accept Jesus and become a robot so you can be in unity with somebody. You don't have to be, anybody ever watch that old movie, Stepford Wives? <laughs> you don't have to be a Stepford Wife <laughs> to follow Jesus and be in unity. No, what it means is um, that you can make some decisions. You have some choices to make. Um, I want us to keep reading because I want you to hear this. And I think, and this is, to me, it's powerful, guys. If you can understand, remember, this is about joy, this whole book, and it's about the gospel. You know, there are things more important than the things that we all like. And that's about, a lot about church, that's about our preferences, that's about everything. There's something more important. So we're going to keep reading, and we're going to come back. We're going to keep talking about the same mind, the same love, full accord in one mind. It kind of, it all flows. This passage flows. We're beginning in verse 3. It says, Do nothing from selfishness or conceit, but in humility count others better than yourselves. Verse 4. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Verse 5. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ. So get this. What is yours in Christ? Have this mind among yourself. So what we're about to read says, which is yours in Christ Jesus? So the mind we're about to read about is ours through Christ. Okay? I want you to catch that. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Verse 8, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. So what mind do you have in yourself that we can have? It's, I love that. Have this mind, which is yours in Christ. So it's possible for you. That's what I want you to hear. What we just read is possible for you. It's in us already. There's a word. This is your $5 church word of the day. <laughs> it's called kenosis. That's what it's talking about when it talks about Christ emptying himself. 
Um, that's called kenosis. It's a self-emptying. It's a choice Christ made. Christ said, I don't, I'm not going to grasp and keep hold um, of my status. I know who I am. Now, granted, I want you to hear me. Christ didn't lose any deity when he came down. Another translation of this says that he let go of all the privileges of heaven. Remember, we've talked about this in our church. Christ came, he's fully God and he's fully man, but he lived on earth through his born again, recreated human spirit, just like we did. Amen. Does that make sense? Yes. He came and lived as a man, fully God, fully man. But he lived through his born again, recreated human spirit, full of the power of the spirit, and he lived it perfectly. What, what we could not do, he did. But get that, it says, have this mind among you, which, was, which is yours, which is yours in Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not count Equality with God, a thing to be grasped. You know, we got to talk about power a minute. The two motivators of man is greed and power. Yeah. Exactly. Think about the wars we've had, about oil, <laughs> about, um, I don't know, name something else. <laughs> uh, it's all about money and power. Of countries fighting each other for possession. Russia fighting for Ukraine. For power over Ukraine. To bring them back in. To take their wealth. To take what was theirs. Because they feel like it's theirs to have. They feel like they're the more powerful person. So they're trying to. St- That's what war is about. It's muscle and power. And greed. And this is what Paul is saying. Listen. I want you to be in one mind. Uh, I love the passage. It's in, I want you to, we are coming back to Philippians, but I want you to, <laughs> to go over to Mark chapter 10. I'm, I can pick, okay, I can pick from my dad a little bit like Chris does. We actually read all the passage I was going to read almost today in Philippians. So now I can play and flip around and we'll come back. <laughs> but we're, <laughs> so, um, we're in Mark. Ah, is it Mark 10? Mm. I looked this up. Okay, yes, we are in Mark 10. I'm going to read this whole passage. It's very interesting. We're going to start in verse 35 and go through 45. And I use a phrase a lot when I teach about the kingdom of God. And that is this. The kingdom of God is upside down. You know, think about how most things, are, you know, most things work. You have a king and all the subjects and all the things and all the powers at the top. <laughs> and everything funnels towards that and builds up to that. Okay. But that's not how God's kingdom works. 
Now, he's still king. Don't get me wrong. I don't. Listen, the beautiful thing about Jesus is Jesus always knew who he was. And he never let go of one thing. He just knew what was more important. Yes. Does that make sense? He never gave up being God when he became a man. He just lived his life a certain way. Because he was not fighting for anything because he knew his position. He knew he was secure in it. Are you hearing me? We're, we are children of God. We have a great position and authority. But there's a way we can live where we can, can, because we know we're okay, you understand? That we're not fighting for anything. I'm not fighting to be powerful. I'm not fighting to be loved. I'm not fighting for more money or prosperity or blessing. Think about the Old Testament. What's the big fight with <laughs> Jacob, Jacob and Esau? Fighting for the blessing. I have the blessing. You do too. I have nothing to fight about there. There's a place you can live from where when you understand who you are, you don't even know how awesome you can be. And that's for all of us. It's a deeper level of trust and obedience. So, and, but Jesus here in Mark 10, he's explaining to his disciples about what his kingdom is supposed to look like. And it says, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And I remember there, Jesus, Jesus told them, Whatever you ask in my name, you can have. <laughs> so what I want to give them credit for is, Hey, they're like, Hey, you said we could have whatever we want. So whatever we're about to tell you, we want you to give us. Jesus says, uh, and he said to them, what do you want for me to do for you? <laughs> he didn't say no. He didn't say, let me hear what you're saying first. He said, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> and they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left hand in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we're able. They're confident. They're like, look, yeah, we can do it. (laughs) And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. Remember, we talked about suffering, Mm -hmm. about going through hardship. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. Talking about the Holy Spirit. So, listen, he didn't say no. But remember, I think sometimes when we talk about, and we have to really help people understand, a spirit-filled, if you're watching and you don't know this, Life of Faith North and Life of Faith Church in Birmingham is a spirit-filled believer. We believe a church. We believe in speaking in tongues. We believe in healing. We believe in the authority of God that you have a choice to make about how you will live. We will not back down from that. And if it makes you feel bad, so sorry. You're still welcome, but we're not going to change our beliefs. So he never said no. I want you to hear that. But remember, when we talk about you can be just like Jesus, that you look just like Jesus in the earth. 
I'm not saying we're all going to go out and be crucified. Can I just be honest with y'all because y'all are my church family? I get so sick of the the weak arguments people have. Obviously, that's a really stupid thing to believe, and, and that makes no sense. So you probably shouldn't think that way. That's a fallacy. We're, we're not being heretical. We're believing the Bible. And the Bible says we can be just like Jesus. But Jesus did his part. He did what we couldn't do. We're not saying we are Jesus. We're not making ourselves God. We're not calling our own followers. We're saying we're going to be like our Savior, our King. And it is possible for us to live as him in the world. Yeah. I hope this is making sense. But there's a part of me, the mean pastor part of me, that wants to go, well, you're saying you're Jesus. And I'm "I'm saying you're stupid. (laughs) And you're not listening to what I'm saying. Obviously, that's not what I'm saying. But people like to fight about silly things. We're talking about unity, so we have, you know, I've worked with a lot of different people and different beliefs. And there's things I have to go, you know what, I think we should stop talking right now about this. We are not going to agree, and I'm not fighting with you. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Good enough for me. Let's go. What are we doing? (laughs) And we'll pray for them. And you move on with your life. (laughs) So going back, he said, yes, you will. Now, you can't go to the cross like I'm going. There's a job only I can do. You don't know what you ask in that regard. But you will drink my cup and follow me. You will receive my spirit. Now let's keep going. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant. But is for those with whom it has been prepared. He's saying, I can't give you that request because that's not my job. Now granted, he never said, remember, we're seated with Christ. So we are seated with him. That's why he's saying, oh, you'll be there with me. (laughs) But I can't say you're going to be on this side. That's God's decide. And that's, that, there's a finished work we're doing. We, wow. Jesus sits at the right hand. We sit with him, but he's the one who sits there. But God put him there. Right. And then he brings us with him. But they're asking, they, remember, they didn't understand the kingdom as we understand it. Right. So he's showing them, yes, you're going to do all these things. But you don't know the question you're asking right now because you, you're still talking about an earthly kingdom. Right. And I'm talking about something different. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. That's why it can be confusing when your people say, well, you get to sit at the right hand of the Father and you get to be over here. And you're like, but Jesus said, that's what you have to understand. Scripture, read into it. Understand the covenants. <laughs> yes. Understand that they thought a, the, the Savior was going to come in a physical form and kick Rome's butt and kick them out. Yeah. And Jesus said, no, that's not... That's not the greatest enemy of this kingdom. It's your sin and the devil. Okay, let's keep going. And when the ten heard of it, they began to be indignant at James and John. (laughs) And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are supposed to rule over the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great men exercise authority over them. I want you to listen to 43. When you're talking about Christian leadership, 
if you, if you are in this church and a lot of you have giftings that we're still discovering together, some of you know what your giftings are. And we're here, all the things to help each other. But if you're a leader in any capacity at all, and you want to be in a ministry, you want to do whatever, verse 43 needs to be your best friend. But it shall not be so among you. Remember saying the Gentiles lord it over. They take their authority and they, they exercise it and they um, make people obey and they push, you know, they put their thumb down and you're going to do what I say and you're going to be like this and I have the power and I have this. And, and he's saying, verse 43, but it shall not be so among you. That, if, if I could tell every person that's a leader in any capacity in a, in a church that verse but whoever would be great among you must be your servant and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all for the son of man also came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now he's still king. You understand? Yeah. Yes. He's still the king of the kingdom. <laughs> Didn't give up any rights. But listen, this is powerful, guys. This will change your life. This will change how you... How you carry yourself in the world. When you know who you are, what are you fighting for? What are you fighting about? And why is it so important to you? (laughs) I hope that makes sense. When you understand your position in Christ... Seated with him in heavenly places with every blessing and all authority and all wisdom and the love of God in your heart and the gifts of the spirit within you. What are you missing? What are you fighting for? You know, I'm not, I don't like to bash other people. I don't like to do it in church because I think it's tacky, just to be honest. <laughs> but, you know, that's a lot of problems in churches today. Is, and I'm going to say something that sounds mean. Weak leadership. I'm afraid to give up power. And I want to say why. It's not yours to exercise. Not, let it not be so with you. I'm not saying be a doormat either. I, I'm just going to be honest with you once again. I want to tell people, just use your brain. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not saying be a doormat. I'm not saying be a jerk. I'm saying, do you know your position? Yes. Amen. Jesus did. Go back to Philippians. Verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, 
who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He didn't say, no, Jesus, God, I'm good. I'm just going to stay right up here. I'm not going down. <laughs> Send the Holy Spirit. I'll be, you know. <laughs> no. It, to be grasped. He wasn't power hungry. He's all powerful, but he wasn't power hungry. You see the difference? He didn't lose power. He didn't have to lord it, though. He wasn't trying to prove anything. Right. So many times, the struggles we face in life is because somehow we're trying to prove ourselves to, to ourselves or to other people. Mm-hmm. Or even for people who are really mixed up to God. I got to be a good little boy and girl. I got to show them I was worth it. I got to show my mom and dad I was worth it. I got to show my husband I'm awesome. I got to show. And all of a sudden, like, your motives are not pure in any sort of way. And you're fighting and you're in strife and you hate your life and you hate everybody else. <laughs> Can anybody relate? Anybody used to be there? I used to be there. I'm just to be honest with you. <laughs> you have nothing to prove. You are who you are in Christ. And if somebody doesn't recognize that, it stinks to be them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, sometimes you have to be that way. Or in the South, bless their heart. I, I mean, seriously, come on now. So he didn't have to grasp it, but he emptied himself. It was a choice he made. I know who I am, so I can do exactly what I'm supposed to do. Now I'm in a place because I understand who I am, and I understand the rights and the privileges and what it means. Now I'm in a place that I can willingly choose to pour myself out for other people. That's right. That's the mind we have that's like Christ. We get to make a choice. We do. And nobody can make it for you. And if somebody does, that's guilt or fear. And it's a Poor motivator. That's right. How many of you gone to a church? Just volunteer. If you'll volunteer with the children, <laughs> God's going to bless. If you'll finally show up and volunteer, if you'll just come. And like, it just sounds really sad. I mean, I'm, once again, happy you're here. Please come back next week. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see you. You need, you need to be in church because you need to be in church. But if I have to explain that to you, Okay, we'll talk about it. I'll, I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere. But, like, you have to understand why you're here. If you don't understand why you need to be in a church and why you need to show up and be, at least with believers, I'm not saying volunteer, just be with believers, then you're missing out. Yeah. And we'll help you understand. But I'm not going to, if you tell me I'm never coming back, okay, I mean, we'll miss you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna make I'm not gonna make you feel bad about it. I mean I might talk to you about it later, but if you go, I don't even want to talk about it. Okay, well, let's, let's talk about football or something. I don't know. Like, does that make sense? And sometimes I feel like we feel like we need to use this guilt and this fear, and we need to prove something. 
That's what I want to beat up. What are you trying to prove? Right. It's really holding you back. God already loves you. He already loves you. He is so pleased with you. That's your starting position. If it's less than that, we're here for you. But if you don't have that settled, you're going to be striving. Mm -hmm. And you won't be able to empty yourself willingly. You'll yeah. have resentment. Yeah. You'll feel, or you'll be the martyr. Gosh, don't be a martyr. Oh, you just don't know what I've done for the kingdom. And I'm like, oh my gosh, go, I need to go throw up in the bathroom. I'll be back in a minute. Like, just quit doing it if you don't want to do it. <laughs> well, I don't I'm telling like if you don't want to do it don't do it yeah I, I used to be that way guys I used to do a lot of things I didn't want to do it wasn't willing and if nobody was blessed just to be honest that's why I was joking I'm not trying to make people mad about giving but when I heard something about even giving giving is kindergarten yes <laughs> it is and if, if you don't want to give and you ask me about it, I'm going to say, just keep your money in your pocket. It'll do you more good. You're not going to help us. And you're not yeah. going to help you. Yeah. Until you want to give it, just keep it in your pocket. I don't care. We're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. and, and, and maybe that's disarming to people. I don't mean to sound flippant and like th these things are not important. But at some point, we're talking about having one mind. We're talking about about being in a relationship. We're talking about making a willing choice to empty yourself to follow Christ. And if you're not willing, oh, what are you doing? You're in trouble. You know, uh, one of my favorite verses is Isaiah 118. The willing and obedient eat the good of the land. You can be obedient all day long and not be willing and it's not going to work for you. <laughs> you know, if Miss Lynette told Mr. John, I really, I, really, um, I really need you to clean the gutters if they're bad. And if I'm reading your mail, I'm sorry. I don't want to cause Meryl the problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 but you're just, he's not going to do it. And you're like, oh, but I really, like, I really need you to. It would mean so much to me if you would just clean these gutters, like, our, you know, whatever. You know, use the example. And then he goes, and one day he, fine, fine, I'll go. <laughs> and he goes out, <laughs> and he cleans those gutters. He's throwing the leaves down. He's mad. <laughs> and then he comes in the house. He's like, honey, I cleaned the gutters. <laughs> I did what you wanted, and she's going to go, well, I mean, thanks for doing it, I guess, but, like, man, you've been such a jerk all day. I wish I'd just done it myself. <laughs> he doesn't get the point. You know, the marital point everybody wants. Bring! <laughs> <laughs> because he wasn't willing. Yes. Yes, he did it. <laughs> but his unwillingness... Yeah. Took away any benefit that would come from it. Yeah. He's not going to get a smooch. Sorry, I'm not going to get too personal. You know, he's not going to get a, oh, honey, I'm going to make your favorite casserole for dinner. <laughs> he's going to eat a sandwich because she's going to go off, you know, you're going to eat a sandwich. I'm not going to make her casserole. I don't, don't feel very blessed right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we do that all the time. Yeah. We do it to God, and then we do it to each other. <laughs> yeah. 
and nobody wins. No. I hope I'm making sense today. I want us to go, so then if you understand this, now go back. Um, go back to verse 1 of chapter 2. Keeping in mind that he's talking about self-emptying. In making the choice. That's what I want to call it. You have a choice to make how you're going to engage with your faith. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any incentive of love, any participation in the Spirit, let's just stop right there. You know, participation in the Spirit. You know, you can, we could be in a, in a Spirit-led church, which we are a spiritual church. We could be operating in the gifts. People could be slain in the Spirit every Sunday. People could be saying prophetic words. People could be all the things, but we don't have a mind towards each other, and we don't have the mind of God, and we've operated in the Spirit, but we're not very mature in our thinking about each other and about why we're doing it. That's a big deal too. I want to see all the movements of the Spirit, but I want us to understand why they happen. It's the gospel. It's not so we look cool, so we can be cooler than the wizards wizards in Harry Potter. (laughs) That's not the point. The point is to show the love of God and to show a powerful demonstration of the gospel. That's why we, we operate in the Spirit. We have nothing to prove. Amen. I, hope, I hope that comes... I, I really want us to think about that. I want to read us something. And I want to... We're going to end in 1 Corinthians 13. But for a different reason. But not just so we can talk about how you're not loving people enough and stuff. I mean... So I'll let Dad do that to you. <laughs> um, any affection and sympathy... Verse 2, complete my joy by being of this, listen, the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, going, which means going in the same direction, and of one mind. It says it again. The same mind and one mind. He says it again. We can make a decision that the gospel and following Jesus and keeping him center and obeying his word, all the things we see here, with, with knowing God, which is eternal life, hearing his voice and obeying what he says, and doing his word, which is what is written down, we can say, you know what? These are, our, these are what we know to be true about following Jesus, and I'm, I'm willing to think more of, of each of you for us to go in this direction than to have my own way. Than to be right all the time. Amen. Does that make sense? Because I know who I am. That's where he's leading them. Let each of you look not only to his own interest. So listen, he never told you don't look after your interest. Pay your bills, please. Amen. If you're paying everybody else's bills and you're broke and then your bills are off and we have to pay your bills, that's stupid. This is a problem. <laughs> but if you pay your bills and have 500 extra dollars and you see somebody else struggling or you see you know, somebody crying in the bathroom and you're like, but you know what? I really want to eat this donut that's in here. Or like at work, you know, walk past that lady's desk. She's always crying. <laughs> like, 
that's only looking after you because I could go home 30 minutes early if I just went back to my desk and forget that lady. But also to the interest of others. This is the mind we can have. That's the mind of, of, of Christ. The self-emptying, the I know who I am so I can freely give away everything. Freely and willingly do so. Because I know, you're, I know what I'm doing is more important than clinging to power. Amen. You know, I'm in a big family and there's a lot of things we do I don't want to do. <laughs> Just to be honest with you, I hate television. That's my brother. I hate television. I hate it. I hate watching movies. <laughs> not, I mean, not always, but you know what I mean? Ask Caleb. My idea of a horrible life is to have to go home and watch TV every night. I just don't like it. I don't. But you know what? My siblings, they want, we want to watch movies together, and I do. I watch so much stuff I would never want to watch. <laughs> I don't care. And that's a silly example, but you know what? I love them, and they want to share something that's important to me. You know, the other day, I was really tired. It was Thanksgiving, and I, I wanted to go read my book and not sit with the people and talk about things and sit through the lulls of the conversation and sit through the things and, and, and I had to go but you know what I never see them and yeah I'm a little bit bored but I think I'll survive <laughs> I don't think I can die of boredom <laughs> it was more important for them to feel like we cared about them than for me to go read my book which I never even started <laughs> And I'm, I'm not trying to say I'm awesome because ask them, I, a lot of times I say, no, I'm not. I don't want to. And you can't make me. <laughs> but what I'm saying is there are choices you made. Right. Oh, man. And so many times in the world we live in today, where you know it's about get all you can, can it, and sit on the can. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you need, your, you need your, your me time. And I'm all about self-care. Don't get me wrong. But it sounds a lot like selfish care. Because most of the time it's like, I don't care about you. I don't care about nothing about you. I'm not even going to look at you. I'm not going to pay attention to what's going on with you. I have to take care of me because I have a lot of problems. You know, you see, I have a lot of issues. And I have to be alone. And I have to do this. And I can't possibly think about you because I'm just too busy. Yeah, so is everybody else. I mean, come on now. I'm not being mean, but there's a deeper place of living where sometimes you have to dig deep and go, you know what? It's more important for me to be present in your life than to have what I want. Come on. Than to say what I think all the time. Come on. Um, to listen to your garbage, I mean, sometimes garbage theology so I can have, you know, be your friend. <laughs> until you can catch up and I can talk to you and speak into your life you can win an argument and lose a heart yes exactly what's more important to you you, you can it's like Burger King you can definitely have it your way but you're going to look up eating your, your uh, what's it Burger King is what Whopper is and I haven't had a Whopper in like 15 years <laughs> you can look up eating a Whopper that you had your way and you're sitting you're sitting at a little table alone and nobody's around you because you're a big old jerk and nobody wants to be with you 
And that's always a choice, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I, and I know I'm not trying to be mean. Maybe I'm just a little spicy nowadays. I don't know. But it's just the more you realize, oh, this is about the gospel. My, I, I made a decision when I followed Jesus that I was about him and his gospel. Um, you know what? I, I don't like arguments and stuff about um, whether or not you should go to church and all those things. Once again, I'm not going to argue with you about it. If you've known me, anybody here knows, knows me for five minutes, there's very few things. I'll look at you. I'll let you say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. But you know what? You can go to any church you want to. You can go anywhere. And you're right. People are rude. People are mean. People are whatever you want to say. They're too stuck in their ways. They're too this. The music's too loud. The music's too soft. The preaching's too soft. The preaching's too harsh. (laughs) They don't have a good kids program. They don't have... You can find a million reasons. And I'm only using this as an example. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, and you and and you can go to you know church. I used to hear hear, hear a saying that was like church and prison are the only times you don't get to pick the people that you're with. <laughs> <laughs> but now here's some of the Lord showed me. Well, you're right, Audra. You're right. When you go to a church, if I was a visitor and I came into this place and I sat down and I looked around, and I was like, nope, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> And I left. You're right. I get a choice. I didn't get to pick who's here, but I get to choose if I want to be here. But the moment I choose, this is where God has called me to be. Yeah, this is it. Then I look around and I go, oh, I choose you. Now that I choose to make you my family. I choose to have you in my life. You you see that difference? You choose. And that means that sometimes if I say something, as my dad says, that rubs your cat backwards, that's why we're always saying, please give us the opportunity to fix it. And I'm serious. If I said something today that really ticks you off, I'm trying not to cuss a little bit. I almost said a different word. (laughs) That really ticks you off. (laughs) Um. Yeah, come tell me. We'll talk about it. Sure. Because I care more about you than, you know, I'm just talking. I'm just being myself. That's the only way I know how to be. But it's never my choice to offend you. It's not like I'm sitting out and go, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm really going to irritate Miss Teresa. <laughs> no. Most people, they're, they're, they, it's ignorance. They don't mean to. They didn't know that was a problem for you. Like a comedian I love that said he made a joke one time about a drunk driver. And everybody laughed. And the lady comes to you, how dare you? My daughter just died of drunk driving. He goes, well, ma'am, I didn't know you were in the audience. <laughs> I know that's a little bit different, but it's the same thing. A lot of times we're, we're reading into things that we don't know. Yeah. If Miss Eloise had a horrible day and I don't know about it, and I say something and she's like, you just really offended me. And I'm like... Well, I'm sorry. I, d- I didn't know. I, if you would have told me, I probably would have thought about it a little bit different. 
When I didn't, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. This is all part of what it means to be in a community. This is part of considering other people and not just what you want. You understand? This is emptying yourself. We're, we all know. We're, I know something that I haven't really shared publicly, but I was here, I think it was last Sunday, the Sunday before, and I was praying. And, and um, you know, I pray about you guys all the time, even in Kenya. That's why I keep up in the group me. That's why I ask you questions. That's why. And I was here, and it, the Lord showed me so clear that we are all heading in the same direction. We are in one accord. And what we're doing and what we're experiencing in each other's lives, <laughs> how we're reaching out and doing things and how we're growing, it truly is beautiful. Yeah. If you don't see it, I do. Just believe me until you catch up. But it's happening. That's the power of being in one accord, being in one mind, choosing each other. Put it this way, fighting it out, not because... Um, we're mad, but because we're going to fight to understand each other. I'm going to go out of my way to understand who you are. So I know how to help you and love you. And I know you guys are doing the same. And then we can bring people in and we can do the same with them. I hope you're hearing my heart today. Yes. Well, he's writing to a church about this. Amen. It starts here. Put anything we want to see out there. Must start with it. If we can't do it with each other, you will never do it with your backwoods bubble coworker, <laughs> who's the most offensive guy you know. You just won't. Come on. <laughs> your grouchy neighbor. You're never going to be nice to them if you can't be nice to somebody that you see every week. That's right. Or even have an eye to care for them. That's another thing. Do you have an eye to care for people? You know, people can hide in church and not be involved, and <clears throat> you're missing out. I'm not. I'm, this is not about church attendance. I'm just saying there's a point of view, right. a perspective of life that is deeper than just you, yourself, and I, and your little family. Come on. Yeah. That how you see the world. You know, Jesus in John 4, you can just look it up later. Um, he's talking to, to the disciples, and he's in Samaria, which is like the no-no land. You didn't go there. They're rebels. They're rednecks. They're outcasts. They're <laughs> all the things you're not supposed to do and all the places you're not supposed to be. That's where he was, talking to the trashy lady at the well. And he speaks to her and touches her life and sees beyond what everybody else saw and, and, and ministered to her. And she went, and when the disciples came, he told them, I want you to look out. You see the fields and the people, the Samaritans were coming. They're all coming. People were coming. He's saying, you see the people here? You see them? The fields are white. They're ready to harvest. And I'm in a place in my life where I don't wonder anymore, am I supposed to talk to this person? Yes, I am. <laughs> they're ready. I'm ready, they're ready. That's your perspective. But it requires going past yourself. 
And it's possible. The servant leadership Jesus calls us to is possible. So I want us to end on a, in 1 Corinthians 13. Having one mind. Man, unity is possible. And unity, like I said, unity is not perfect agreement. No. Unity is not like, yeah, we think we see eye to eye on every little thing. No, but we have our eyes on what's most important. And on that we can agree. Yes. And where we don't agree, we're willing to lay down our weapons <laughs> and figure it out together. And to learn from each other. Unity, common community, that word is common unity. It's having something in common. I want to read, um, I'm going to read all of 1 Corinthians 13, and this will be how we close today. But the Lord, um, he really showed me something with this a few weeks ago, and the more I think about it, I don't, I'm still meditating on it, but it has blown me away. It has blown me away because when we're talking about walking into all that God has us to do in our own individual lives and as a church, and I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I've been using this word a lot, but I want to say there's a depth that we can reach together, and we're heading in that way. There's a depth. Of relationship that is possible in ourselves with God and with each other. And that depth is, I want to keep asking you this question, what are you trying to prove? If you begin as loved and accepted, if you have all the riches of Christ in you, what are you trying to prove? What are you fighting for? You're getting something from it. That thing that you can't let go of, whatever it is, if it's your fear, you're getting something from it. Yeah. If it's, I have to maintain this one perspective, and if I change this one perspective, okay, what are you getting from that? What happened to you that that's so important, more important than what's going on? So I'm starting 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but if not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. You're that uh, static on the radio. That's what people hear. You're thinking, I love you. And they're here. <laughs> and if I have prophetic powers and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountain. But I have not love, I am nothing. That's to me, when you read that, that's spiritual gifts. You can, you can be so operating in the gifts, you can be seeking them, you can be using them, and you can be using them in such a way and be so adamant about things that like, um, it's not received as love. You're doing it for you. You're doing it for power. You're doing it so you look good. Still, now listen, we still need to do the things. <laughs> If you find yourself, this is a little life advice, if you find yourself 
and you realize that you're doing something in a, in a wrong motive, the answer is not quit doing the thing, it's change your motive. Exactly. Don't stop doing the thing. Just change your heart. Mm-hmm. That's how a lot of error happens. We don't do that over here. And you talk to them and they've been offended by something. They've been hurt by something. They've seen it misused. So instead of saying, oh, that's a misuse, they just shut the door to it. Right. And, you're, and you have to say, oh, man, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That was not supposed to happen to you. But that's still true. Can we reconsider it? <laughs> Can we talk about it? <laughs> okay. Verse 3. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, if you become the martyr, but I have not love, I gain nothing. Look at what I'm doing. Isn't it so wonderful? Nobody does what I do. <laughs> I've just done it all and nobody appreciates me. Okay, just stop doing it. We'll still go. The world's still going to turn. I promise. <laughs> and, and sometimes this is a loving way to help people. And sometimes I've told people in my church in Kenya, when we're starting, I said, listen, if I discover that your motive is wrong, <laughs> that you're not doing this out of a place of already know I'm loved and accepted and have it all, I'm sitting you down for at least three months. You will do nothing <laughs> but bask in the life and love of God until you get it. It's too, your heart is more important to me than this thing that you do. We'll burn this place to the ground if it helps you. That's the heart we have to have. We're, we're here for each other. Okay, now we're getting into verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, Love never ends. You know why love never ends? Because God is love. And God will never end. As for prophecies, they will pass away. You know what? In heaven, you're not going to have to have a prophetic word. You're going to understand it all. It doesn't mean it's not for today. It means when we go to heaven, obviously we're going to be with Jesus with the the best mind we could possibly have. You won't need all that. You'll, You'll see it. As for tongues, they will cease. You'll speak perfectly to God. The heavenly language is for today. As for knowledge, it'll pass away. You're not going to have to fix your car in heaven. (laughs) Build a house. I mean, you will, but you'll have all that. You're not going to have to have all those things we use, the life skills and stuff. It'll be easy. That'll be like, oh, yeah, I can totally do that. The limits will be off. That's what that means. Amen. For our knowledge is imperfect, and our prophecy is imperfect. Mm. We need to recognize that. You know, I want you. I want us all. I know I'm going a little bit over, but I promise you, we're almost finished. Um, let's be kind as we practice things with each other. I want us to. I would love to see us 
giving more prophetic words to each other. Mm-hmm. It's good practice. Uh, but let's remember that we can miss it, and let's be honest about it when we do. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, once again, if it's wrong, you just say, "I'm so sorry. I'm practicing." Amen. I can be. I can be wrong. Amen. That that statement will help you tremendously in life. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> For our knowledge is imperfect, and our prophecy is imperfect. Perfect. But when the perfect comes, when Jesus returns, it's talking about one day. Now, we know he's already come, but there's going to come a time. You know, everything we see here is going away. I was driving around enjoying the trees and stuff. That was my favorite time of year. And I thought, you know, yeah, one day all this is gone. And I wasn't sad about it. I was like, oh, yeah, there's more to life than this world. (laughs) That's an awareness we should possess we have heaven in us and we're yearning for it, but we're busy while we're here. Mm-hmm. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up <coughs> childish ways. In some ways, when you think about this, even with your emotions and things, you know, sometimes when we're young, for those of you who know my story, you know that I was left by my parents and different things and and I thought, as a child would, it was all about me. I did this. I was wrong. I had this happen. This is why this happened. This is, and it was wrong thinking, but I was a child. Right. Okay, then you grow up. Okay, that's not the truth anymore. You see what I'm saying? Okay, so if that's not the truth... And I'm putting that aside. I'm a man now. I'm a woman now. I can see truth. I understand. I'm not bound by that anymore. That can't hurt me anymore. Right. I'm grown. Amen. <laughs> it's powerful. It is powerful. And this is, obviously, yes, we're talking about the word and how you grow in the word. But remember, everything in the, in the spiritual will apply to you in the natural Remember, we're talking about what is love. It's not irritable. It's not all these things. All these, all the words that describe love describe ways we live on earth. Yes, they apply in heaven. I'm sure. I don't know. Maybe irritability doesn't apply in heaven. I don't know. You don't have to pay mortgage. Maybe you're not going to be irritable about it. Or <laughs> but what I'm saying is if you look at this list in the natural, it's just these are things you face in life on earth. That's right. And so it's saying you can, this is God's love and it never ends and it applies. So it will apply to all these natural things you're looking at. All these relational things you're looking at. All the hurt in your heart you're dealing with. That you're growing out of. Amen. Am I making sense today? Yes. And if you understand this, this, this is, unlocks the door to a lot of our problems about why we can't consider other people. Why we can't empty ourselves willingly. Some of you have some stuff in your soul. I don't mean to be rude, but why all of us have stuff in our soul that we're still working on. Yeah. That's keeping us from from doing the things we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. What are you so afraid of? That's the question that's been coming to my mind today. What are you so afraid of? It's time to deal with that. Yeah. 
Okay. Now here we go. Verse 12 and 13. For now we see in a mirror dimly. Now we don't see the full picture. But then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall understand fully. Even as I have been fully understood. We're going to come back to that. So faith, hope, and love abide. These three. But the greatest of these is love. But let's go back to verse 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall fully, I shall understand fully, even as I have been fully understood. You know, I know I keep asking these questions. What are you fighting for? What are you trying to prove? Well, there's a reason why. When I came face to face with the scripture and you start understanding the purpose of why we're alive <laughs> and our life and it's not just for us. You have to come face to face with all the things you've never, you've never dealt with. Amen. And when you, anytime I'm acting, and I used to hear people talk about how hard it was to love like God loved. And now that I look at this, I'm like, that's a bunch of baloney. I mean, so, <laughs> it is. As he is, so are we in this world. God is love. We can, we can love like God loves. Amen. We understand the love of God. It's been shed abroad in our hearts. That's another scripture. It's an excuse, just to be honest, <laughs> to act poorly and say it's because you're ignorant. And so when you look at this, though, I was studying, man, even as I've been fully understood, there's going to, you know, one day when we all go to heaven or we die and go to heaven, whichever we rapture, whichever way we're going, you're going to understand that the things you've been striving for and fighting for that, that are opposite to God's love. Oh, I didn't have to fight for that. God understood. He understood me. He loved me completely. He really was those things in my life. I really was accepted. I really was loved. I really was beloved to him. He, I really did have all of this. I wasn't lacking anything. Nothing is missing. You know, we, we love that. We love the Psalms 139 about why he's known you from the beginning. He knits you together just the way you are. And even if your family never understood you and they made fun of you and that you're the outcast or you're the whatever, and I never felt understood and nobody ever understood me and, uh, and that's why I act this way. And <laughs> Okay, well, that's valid. I'm sorry your family didn't understand you. <laughs> but you've been understood by your creator. That's right. And you didn't have to fight to prove anything because he's always understood you. That's right. So from the knowledge that you're fully understood, from that place, when you see yourself being impatient, being unkind, acting opposite of God's kind of love, you can ask yourself, oh man, in that situation with Katie, I was really you know, unkind. I was really impatient. I really was pushing for my own way in that area. That was not fair to her. 
And you go to the Lord and say, Father, what was I fighting for in that? I know you already understood me. Why was I fighting against this? What am I fighting against I haven't dealt with? Because I want to love Katie the way I need to love Katie. <coughs> isn't, that pa- isn't that better than just saying I can't help it? <laughs> Guys, we have so much choice. And there is power in your choice. We get to choose how we act with each other. If we're going to follow Christ in a way that puts others before us. Not as a doormat, but because we know we already have it all. We possess it all. We're safe, we're secure, we're loved, we're understood. Mm-hmm.